Okay, well, since Reese is good, we're starting episode number three of High Bandwidth Podcast. We don't have a title for it yet because I don't even know what we're talking about. I know we have a list of articles, <laughs> but I have not had a chance to actually dive into it. So, Intel, Navi, and a lot of AMD news. Yes. Console news as well. Console news. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of stuff that broke. But first, I want to tell everybody, hey, how you doing? <laughs> you can find us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, but also, if you want to give us money, you can go to acre.com forward slash high bandwidth and there's listener support. You can do that. Ooh, or you can yeah. sign up to be one of our monthly patrons over at patreon.com forward slash UFD tech. Yeah. You giving us cash means that we can actually employ people to make this happen. Although sometimes stuff goes awry, even when you are paying people. Dang it, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> he has no response. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> You're just trying to like press these buttons. I, I don't know. He, pre- he always presses buttons. I'm listening to, wait, let me use Okay, so, he's delayed. Well, yeah, so with any new hire, you have to find where their boundaries are. And the only way to do that is by constantly pushing slowly against like pre-established boundaries where you think reasonable people lie. But since you know that they're working here, you know that they're not reasonable people. No, so you yeah. have to find like, I, I have yet to get a reaction out of him. So it's, I have to find it. I have to find it. I've, I've overstepped the boundary with every single person here at the office. <laughs> it's a good challenge. Yes. But I take it slow. Not on your first day. Maybe not even your first week. But you slowly start feeling me becoming more intrusive. Here, take this club and hit those seals. <laughs> See what kind of person you are. <laughs> Jeez. Dang, Reese. Why does he need to open envelopes so badly? <laughs> yes. He's staring at us. Anyways, that doesn't okay. matter. Okay, so, uh, Reese, you have an article pulled up. It feels like you have stuff to talk about. Yes. Okay. I, you're not Reese. <laughs> <laughs> I was replying on his behalf, okay? Our names are interchangeable at this point. You know this. Oh, my gosh. You have caused this problem. All right, I'm going to let you guys fight to the death over what article we're talking about first. No, Rickus is on the same page as I am. No, wait. Reesicus. Yeah. Reesicus and I are on the same page. Okay, yeah. then walk us through the page. Please. Riskus, after you. All right, so RTX was a big thing, new buzzword for everyone, basically. It's it's kind of the the new, like, VR-ready. Yes. So kind of like NVIDIA stuck on their RTX brand. That, you they kind of stuck on making it worth it. Yeah, they, because it was not. the only option, you know. It was, it was the big thing until... GTX now has ray tracing! Wow, you guys are way over. I've done this. (laughs) Not really. Um, So GTX cards now have ray tracing. It's available on all 10 series up until the 1060. Yeah, 6 gig, Um, I think. I don't know if the 3 gig can handle it. I doubt it. I highly, highly doubt it. Probably not. Um, So just proving that... It can be run on stuff without tensor cores, but you really shouldn't but can because it really? it's absolutely trash. Because we did a video <laughs> on this and like a 1080 Ti, like trying to run that Star Wars demo. It's oh, just no, like, it, got, it got wrecked. Oh, that's a lovely 9 FPS. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. It was rough seeing a 1080 Ti and in that state. It's supposed to be cinematic. It's supposed to only be a 24 FPS. Like yeah. that's where it peaks out. But uh, yeah. It, it was, couldn't even hit that. So it was, it was, No, it was, it was suffering big time. So available on GTX cards, I think this is just... NVIDIA trying to make it more accessible to everyone without having to buy 
$600 cards and up. I feel like it's But just it doesn't a, do that. It just makes you want yeah. to buy the $600 card because if you want ray tracing... Yeah, it, the, it, it, the, the, I don't know what NVIDIA is doing right now. I think that's the attempt of this whole thing. Like, oh, look, you need the RTX card to actually run ray tracing and take advantage of this. But no one needs ray tracing unless they really want to run Battlefield with super flamey stuff. Exactly, but NVIDIA is like... <laughs> They spend a lot of money on this, so we're doubling down on it, even though it's a bad idea. I just feel like, at this point, they're just trying to show off how bad ray tracing is on non-RTX cards. Because it is bad. It is. Yeah, and it's a it valid is. point. They're doing a good job. Fair, they're but at the, the same time... They're hitting the mark 100% here. I feel like this was just like a, a power play, where they're like, our cards... They're a publicly traded company, are they supposed to do otherwise? <laughs> Reasons. I, who knows what NVIDIA is doing at this point? It's available on GTX cards if you really want it. You're going to have absolute trash frame rates, even though you're only going to be playing Battlefield with it because no other games actually have it implemented. Besides yeah. Metro, but... No it doesn't have DLSS it. in any case, so... Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I well, don't can, think this can, is a good can we idea talk about, at all. So the thing you were saying, Reese, which was fundamentally wrong, is that RTX is the buzzword, when really it's ray tracing, because RTX... One. If a game DLSS. Yes. yes. So an RTX game does not have to have any ray tracing whatsoever. Oh yes, because now the the DLSS the DLSS is constituted as yeah. RTX, no matter what. Can, can we can we all take a moment to wonder where my RTX on is for PUBG? Because I was I was promised yeah, RTX for PUBG. True. It's this an RTX optimized title. Where's my DLSS? Where's Come the ray tracings? Hmm? No, hmm? we're definitely not getting ray tracing on that PUBG. Would be, that would be interesting, though. No, it's not happening. Horrible frame rates already in PUBG. Here, have three you FPS. Know, it could have gotten better. I haven't played that game in ages. <laughs> That's so. true. Yeah, in all fairness, I don't think I've touched that game in like a good so, six uh, months plus. Well, let, let's look at Twitch and see if it's even a relevant game still. It probably is. I just... It, it's, it is. I, I think... Uh, I think... Face it is actually having a PUBG tournament going on right now. Okay, so it's actually just right below Fortnite. League of Legends is number one at 105,000 views. Big surprise. Fortnite's Oof. at 75,500, yeah. and then PUBG's at 74.5. So that's actually okay, kind yeah. of interesting. Check it, Apex, with how low that's sitting down. Where is That's it? actually really interesting. 18.4. Well, considering that Fortnite's always big, and League of Legends probably has some tournament thing going on right now. Yeah, they always okay. have a freaking tournament going What's, on at some stage. No, no, it's just people. Okay. okay. It's just really good streamers streaming it. Okay, that's weird. Interesting. But also consider America's not awake right now, so the Apex machine isn't running. Okay. But yeah. I, I hear, like, even nowadays, like, Apex is, like, only peaking at, like, 50k for, like, a good couple of days. Garbage. It's a trash game. Dead game. Get rid of it. Yeah. It, it's weird that it's actually, the hype has died down so quickly for that. Well, from what I've heard, they've been making questionable decisions as far as, like, implementing the season structure. And it, it's I've, not really going according to the way people want it to go. I've heard it's, like, a bit of, like, questioning the whole season pass that they did and, like, the bad implementation. But also connectivity problems. Like, there's apparently a lot of, like, server-side issues that people are having. And, like, top streamers are just being like, nah, I'm, I'm done. I, I can't play I like this. Them, yeah. But yet they can okay. tolerate Fortnite, who will in have a tournament and then change the freaking rules of the game right before the yeah. actual finals. Yeah. Yeah. Double standard, because you're getting paid by Epic, you shills. <laughs> Sorry. Jeez, fam. I don't uh, like successful people, okay? Okay. Makes me mad. Fort Ninja getting paid a million dollars to play Apex when he should have been playing Fortnite? <sighs> How dare he make a good business decision? Is it a good Shame. business decision to get paid a million dollars? 
Yes. <laughs> I, I'd have to agree. I'm pretty sure. There, there's no qualifications there. No. It just, it just is. It is. It is what it is. <laughs> Um, well, we, we should yeah. keep on the Apex discussion and talk about the next game that the developers are coming out with, which is the new uh, Star Wars one. Oh, yeah. I'm actually kind of excited for this. Same. Yeah, so Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, single player, no multiplayer, no microtransactions, apparently coming out November 15th. Looks to be something that people have been wanting for a long time. Unfortunately, still produced by EA. They don't have the best track record, but it is done by Respawn, the makers of Apex Legends and Titanfall 2, which is known to have a really yeah. great single-player campaign. Yeah, and like their Star Wars games in the past haven't been that bad. I mean, I played, um, what was the one that was set right after Episode 3 as well? Because this falls into the same category. Wasn't it Force Awakens? Force Awakens, yeah. No, wait. Or is it Knights no, of no. the Old Republic? Um, no, no, no. Dang. Force, Force Unleashed. Unleashed. That's Unleashed. it. That's the one. Like, I played both of those, and I actually really enjoyed the, the, the whole They were, like, good favorites of mine. Yeah. There, there was a discussion that uh, it's supposed to play more like Dark Souls than, like, a hack-and-slash okay. uh, Star Wars game. But then they came out and clarified, and they are like, uh... Dark Souls might be too extreme, probably more like the God of War vein, where okay. it's still slightly faster paced than, like, let's say, a more drawn-out battle, but it is more based on actually... Um, Fighting. Like, having planned action to what you're doing, okay. and not just... Um, bzz, not, bzz, bzz, yeah, yeah, bzz, slashing this lightsaber, throwing it, jumping up and catching it, and throwing it again, doing and, the loops. Yeah. yeah. Just basically button mashing. You, you go in with an attack plan. Yes, exactly. So that's supposedly what they're doing. Um, main concern that I have of this is that uh, there was no gameplay uh, yeah. in, 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 the, in the trailer at all. At all. Yeah. It's just a reveal trailer, which, I mean, it does look like it's done with the in-game engine because it doesn't look like CGI. Yeah. Um, it looks bad enough that I could believe this is in-game yes. footage. But Bad at the same time, no no gameplay footage when it's going to be launching in about six months. Yeah. yeah. Slightly concerning, but I, I do feel... But it could also be their attempt to not try to show anybody gameplay mm. and then have a anthem type thing where it's just like, you showed us this feature and it's not here. They could just be like, hey, just get excited because it's Star Wars, okay? You don't yeah. need to see the gameplay. with Because then, whatever it is... We never promised you otherwise. So just shut up and be happy for once, people. Well, also considering like there are like E3 is also coming up before this, it could reveal some. But EA doesn't have e an E3 press conference this year. No, I think oh, they no, dropped they, out. I think EA dropped out. Did they pull? Wasn't EA planning their own like big event? Probably. But if they're going to show any of this off, it's probably going to be in concert with Microsoft's yeah. uh, E3. Um, probably, I could see yeah. that happening. Yeah. I'm actually I'm I'm really excited about this. I have played a good Star Wars game in a while, so yeah, it, it has been a like a good while since it was a decent one with the whole Battlefront two fiasco and yeah. So EA is definitely not having a E3 press conference. They're gonna have one before E3. Okay, like five days before it starts. So they're gonna just be like, oh, there's E3 hype. Let's steal the thunder. Yeah. Well, that's all they need. Yeah. But I mean, especially after when was that Need for Speed Payback debacle? Was that two years ago? With I, the YouTuber. Oh, that, that oh, was bad. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. two years ago, yeah. I'm, I'm here to promote Need for Speed. Um, um, uh, 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 payback. That one. It's a dope game. <laughs> payback the money. <laughs> That's a local joke for anybody who didn't get that one. <laughs> I'm pretty local. I've been around. Can you not? Can we stop? <laughs> oh, my God. Strike. Oh, come on. <laughs> 
No, I, I'm genuinely like interested in this game. Like I'm a big <coughs> Star Wars fan, so this, especially like with Respawn behind it, yeah. I'm hopeful. Like Respawn's engine is pretty solid. I haven't played, I haven't gone through a whole storyline in a while. I feel like I've invested enough into Star Wars to be excited about it. Yeah, I think I'm gonna enjoy it. Yeah, and if it's anything like that whole God of War vibe that they were kind of like talking about, I will be over the moon. Super hype. Super hype. Well, let's talk about another garbage developer, Ubisoft. <laughs> Ooh, Ubisoft. Okay, but this time it's actually going to be in a good vein because, in case you didn't know, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, uh, yeah. has burned to, to the to the floor, not to the ground. No, it, it has like, burned like completely, burnt. but but it Anyways, was you know, fire, it yeah. survives the plague. It survived <laughs> World War One, World War Two, but it falls to a little construction, and uh, the spire fell. Anyways, huge debacle, and there's actually another news story associated with that, but I don't think it's in the notes. But Ubisoft has committed to uh, contributing, I believe, 500,000 500, euro, euro yeah. to the reconstruction of Notre Dame. Uh, they're going to be using Assassin's Creed Unity to help rebuild it because they actually did tons of research, research, research and yeah. 3D mapping mm. of Notre Dame for the game. So they'll be able to contribute to the reconstruction efforts in a practical way on top of a monetary way. And then on top of that, they are giving away Assassin's Creed Unity for, for free for the next, next week. week yeah. yeah. So if you guys want to pick up Assassin's Creed Unity, I think you have like another six, five or six days as I burp um, to, to pick up the game. And then it's yours to keep over on Uplay. Only yeah. on PC. I don't think they're giving away it on Yeah, it's on, on, on PC. Yeah. Anyways, it, and Unity was a garbage game when it came out. Apparently all of the patches have actually made it a pretty solid entry. I actually entry. really enjoyed it. When did you play it though? Did you I, play it on launch? No. Okay, that's probably why. I, I played it like two, three months after launch came out, but I, I really enjoyed it. But people were complaining like the storyline was trash and all that. And I, I, it's one of my most favorite Assassin's Creed. I, I think it was less like, there were complaints about the story, yes, but I think it was all the like game-breaking bugs that people were having that was yeah, I mean, on launch like day. You had Invisiface. Yes. <laughs> like on launch day, apparently it was bad. Like it, it should have been in development for another month or two yeah. at least. But it, I think it was at that point where they were just like pushing a new Assassin's Creed out every single year. Like, Unity to me was felt much more traditional Assassin's Creed-ish because it came out right after Black Flag and it which was kind of felt, it felt like it went back to Assassin's Creed 2 where you were like running around in Italy, I believe. Um, so it, it was much more along those vibes where you can blend into your surroundings, much more building hopping instead of shipping everywhere. Yeah, no, I, I personally never played Unity. Because I, I drifted away from the Assassin's Creed franchise after Black Flag, but I, I've always wanted to try it. Like, and now that it's free, I, I picked it up. I'm gonna start downloading we, we it over the weekend. We can. We can co-op. <gasps> yes, let's do that. Do co-op missions together. I, I'm so keen. Going to uh, dominate. I'm so glad you guys disincluded me from that. Yeah. No, you you went very quiet and you just <laughs> <laughs> just just didn't that, that's, didn't think that's that I wanted to play co-op. <laughs> you PUBG boy, okay? What's that? What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> okay, let's let's talk about the but other. Like, have, have, have you fun. have you Assassin's Creed? Uh, I played like fifty percent of the first one. Okay, see that's why yeah, you no, got I, have, I have like zero interest in Assassin's Creed. Uh, from what I hear about Odyssey, I kind of want to check it out because it's more yeah. RPG-ish, which is like what really got me into thinking about playing God of War in the first place. Was mm -hmm. like, oh, we're gonna introduce RPG elements that kind of help it move the story along. So. Yeah. I, uh, we have Odyssey. I could probably check it out, but I mean, I don't have enough time to get invested in 
new games. So like yeah. I'm just trying to find the game franchises that I already love, as opposed to trying to get invested into new ones. You, yeah, you, you might end up wasting your time, and it's a lot of time to invest. I don't want to waste my time. Wait, no, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, baby. And, and I don't want to miss a thing. You just ruined Rickus. I saw the look of disappointment oh, on his my. face. Okay, let's oh, talk about the, the other Notre Dame story, which is the fact that um, YouTube, <laughs> YouTube, 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 oh, YouTube, our Why, favorite YouTube platform fam. that we love to hate, float plane, please save us, Papa Luke, come and swoop us in. Um, <laughs> they have been attempting to combat conspiracy theories. And like, good on them for that, but... So they, the way they, they've done that is by implementing a system where they put a like info card right below the video to kind of give people the official account of whatever conspiracy theory video you're watching. So if it's about, let's say, um, Sandy Hook, like any conspiracy theory about that, it'll link to the official report of Sandy Hook. Or when it comes to chemtrails, it'll link to like a, the article about how contrails are a thing and that the government's not spraying you with chemicals according to the official report. Don't worry, conspiracy friends, I got you. I know you, I know you, I know you. I, I follow those same rabbit trails, so I'm, I'm on He's your been, side been as far as, way too many I, I know where you're coming from, don't worry, I'm saying official with air quotes. This time though, for the Notre Dame fires, right? YouTube decides, hey, you know this thing that CNN is streaming? This looks awful lot alike to that thing that happened 18 years ago back in America in New York City where some planes hit some towers. I can't believe it's been 18 years. Damn. Yes. So, yeah, no, it's been 18 years. There it's are crazy. officially... There are adults who are alive now. Born after 9-11. Oh, well, wow. actually, no, because well, it was September senior, 11th. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyways, Almost. fully functioning that's, that's adults. That's scary, yeah. Supposedly. 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 I wouldn't call them a f like fully functioning. So yet. YouTube says that uh, Notre Dame was done by 9-11 and uh, the French <laughs> want the Eiffel Tower back. So The Eiffel Tower? Tower? Yeah, they, they want have... it back. They're taking... Oh, wait, not the Eiffel Tower. Statue <laughs> of Liberty. What's that thing we took from them? <laughs> Jason put the joke in the notes and I screwed it up because I wasn't looking at it. Jeez. That was a good one. They want the Eiffel done. Tower back. I'm pretty sure they've got the Eiffel Tower. So the official the official <laughs> title is Notre Dame did 9-11. The French want the Statue of Liberty back. He, kn he knows my own iconic landmarks more than I do. Wow. Dang. But you know what? That's because I want some freedom fries, okay? No, when you said Eiffel Tower, it's just like, did they sell that? What the <laughs> <happened>? <laughs> Just like sell the rights to the Eiffel You know, Tower. they're not going to have to because billionaires are stepping up to refund the uh, building of Notre Dame. Yeah, I think geez. The, I the think fund that... is like $600 million yeah. so yeah. far, which is crazy because it's just like... Weird. It's also creating one hell of a stir though. It is, it is. Because like people are just like, if people, if they can raise $600 million in like 48 hours for this, what the heck's happening with all the rest of the problems in the yeah, world Yeah, right it's now? just like, is a cathedral really like, okay, symbolism, symbols are powerful to people, Notre Dame being a Catholic cathedral, it's, it's both a symbol of architectural prowess as yeah. well as religious experiences. And so like there's purpose behind symbols. But $600 million. That's yeah, a lot, that's a lot of money. Like, I just I feel like you could buy a government for that. <laughs> you could, and, and you like, could probably buy a couple could, of African countries for that price. And you just rebuild them from the ground up. I don't know. Maybe it's easier to do architecture than it is nation building. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to remember also, like, how much 
it contributes to the tourism in the area. Like the economy built around that. No, you just put all that money into the Eiffel Tower. Make that bit a bigger. You put. You and they've got the Louvre, dude. Like yeah. they've got a lot of stuff. You turn the Eiffel Tower into a transformer. You're golden. All right. I would. I would get on a plane right now to go see that. <laughs> if somebody has six hundred million dollars, I'm sure they could make it happen. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what? Six hundred million dollars. You could probably bring the Leaning Tower of Pisa over, over from Italy. And just like have all of the tourist attractions in the world. Yeah. Okay, side idea. What if you build a $600 million like building right next to the Eiffel Tower that is like so much cooler so that people just walk straight past and go see that one instead? Wait, why are we against the Eiffel Tower? No, right I, thought, I, thought, I thought we were encouraging. Because the French own it. I'm pretty sure with $600 million, they could re- build a Great Wall of France. <laughs> why do they need to build a wall? This is not America. <laughs> We're getting all the landmarks in the same area. Okay. Fly over the Statue of Liberty <laughs> and the Leaning Tower of Pisa and have all of the world landmarks in one, one country. Done! Oh my Fair goodness. enough, yeah. And, and for anybody who thinks that we're memeing on the Notre Dame fire, we are not. We are memeing on the amount of money that's been raised that one. in response because it, to some extent, it, it does seem a little ludicrous. Yeah, Just no, like, I, I definitely get where people are coming from, like, why couldn't they raise this money for the poor and the, the homeless and just, like... What's up? You can raise this much money for an old building, but like, Although, okay, so there is significance behind it. Y- yes, there is significance. And then, like, with, I, I, I've been thinking about this recently. Like, the idea that, oh, uh, when, when reports come out saying, like, oh, if, if we only spent $10 billion, we could solve world hunger. It's like, okay, that's how much money it would require to buy the food. Yeah. But that's not how much money it would take an it's organization to actually do the distribution, getting, yeah. the administrative costs, the corruption that's going to be involved in that, the bribery of the local governments, of the people who are actually starving to death. Yeah. Like, it's actually a much bigger um, endeavor to solve world hunger than just a financial plan. Obviously, yeah. $600 million can go can a long, go long way, way yeah. for a lot of different projects. <laughs> Um, potentially even getting the world on renewable electricity, uh, maybe, maybe uh, yeah. for starters, like building, building something that's actually going to be useful to the future population and mm. not just the current or just a reminder of yeah. old life. Anyways, I'm, I'm not a man for mementos. So that's uh, anyways. <laughs> oh no, this I'm aware of. <laughs> I don't appreciate memories down with all the architectural history. That's a joke. Yeah, no, right. no. Awkward silence. Moving on. <laughs> it hurt me. All right, Ricky, so you can choose the next one. Oh, do I get to choose the next yeah. one? Yeah. Uh, if I gave you six hundred million dollars, yes. How would you? What? How would you spend it? In the first twenty-four hours, how would you spend? First twenty-four hours. What would you buy in the first twenty-four hours if you had six hundred million dollars? Property. I don't think you could buy property in twenty-four hours, my friend. Hey, man, you can sign a lot of papers. <laughs> I'll pay you this much to give me the papers right now. Like, what property are you buying? Do you, have you done the research already? None, none How do you know no. you're not buying property in a depreciating area? I don't. You could buy the entire area and just fix it up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, no, I, I honestly take care of my car. You would finally fix it after you crashed into the cops? Well, that and, like, <laughs> finish paying it off. Um. <laughs> For one. Um, I don't know. Like, 
split it up between my family, between all of us, we would be sure to make sure that stretches the long way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, taking care of my family would be, like, number one. Did Rickus just say he was going to give me some of that? <laughs> Is that what I heard? I said between the family. But you Oof. said us, and you were looking at me. So I thought the No. Familiar connection there. No. Come on. I still need to go and friend you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, pull off the next article. Uh, next-gen consoles leaked. Yes. Next- but they weren't leaked. Well, the ex- oh, the, okay, it's, that's labeled incorrectly. That's lying. <laughs> yeah, okay, the next gen console APU has been leaked because all of we, these stuff. Yeah, because we've also had uh, an official account from Sony about the PlayStation Five. Yeah, or the and, next gen PlayStation. Next, did he ever call it the Xbox. PlayStation Five? Yeah, he, he did. Yeah. I don't think he called it specifically the PlayStation Five. I'm pretty but he sure said it, it is the going to be the gener- fifth. Yeah, One. the fifth generation PlayStation. So PlayStation Five. Not necessarily because I mean, locked the fact yes, because now. they have caught into a fantastic structure of going from one to five. They could call and it they the just PS- like change it. They could call it the PS Five and drop the PlayStation nomenclature altogether to my, just simplify th- things. The the fact that he didn't like he specifically clarified that it's not officially named the PS Five, even though it is the fifth one, means they might be like internally toying around with different names. I doubt it. I doubt I, they're probably just still going to call the PlayStation 5. Oh, no, like, I have, like, I'm it 99% sense to me sure. Like, they, they've pretty much invested into the whole going from one upwards. Yeah, no, like, I'm 99% sure that it's, like, that's what it's going to be called. I just think that, like, him toying around with that, But, like, like, with their handheld stuff, is it called the PlayStation Vita or is it the PS Vita? No, it's the PlayStation Vita. Are you sure? It's just... I'm going to check. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. PS Vita. Let's... Give me, give me, no, it is the PlayStation. PlayStation Vita, yeah. Okay, so bum, it's just bum. the abbreviation. PS is just the abbreviation, yeah. Okay, but what about the PSP? Same thing, PlayStation Portable, Portable yeah. Gosh dang, why, have we done all of the, the shortening and they haven't done yeah, a single thing? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. People were too lazy to say PlayStation. PlayStation Vita TV. I've been calling it the PSTV. Dang it. Oh my gosh. Okay, PlayStation. Brett, are broken. there any ones that are called PS? There's the PSX, so they have done it. Yes. I don't even know about the PSX. It's the Sony digital video recorder with a fully integrated PlayStation 2 video game console. It was released in Japan. Doesn't count. Oh, it counts. Okay. Doesn't count. Very special circumstances. Thank you. I mean, I kind of want they one of those PS now. They have PS Now. No, it's still PlayStation, PlayStation now. now. Gosh dang it. Wow. What? These, okay. Okay. Moving on. PS is just a straight up abbreviation. It's yeah. always going to be the PlayStation Why can't whatever. they embrace it and make my life easier? <laughs> Anyways, it was a big selfish. It was a big week for consoles. Yeah. I'm gonna be selfish and talk now. You do the talk. Okay. So uh, first up, I think it was on Monday this week we started getting leaks of the hardware, the APU stuff, the SOC that's gonna be going into the next gen consoles, also known as the AMD Gonzalo GPU, Mm -hmm. named after that Muppet thing. Yes. (laughs) The blue one. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, The uh, the the blue one, according to me, is the is the Cookie Monster. Animal. The Cookie Monster. Yes, that guy. That's what up, Jamie? Sesame Street. Yeah, that's who you dress up as. The Cookie Monster. No, the, <laughs> other, the Gonzalo. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, regardless. Uh, anyway. So it has eight cores. It has uh, a Navi 10 GPU. The eight cores are running at a 1.6 gigahertz boost, three point, or it's 1.6 gigahertz base, 3.2 gigahertz boost. And then the GPU clock on the APU is running at 1.8 gigahertz. So that's yes. all pretty impressive specs. Then, I think it was two days later, Mark Cerny from Sony sat down with um, Wired to discuss the next-gen PlayStation console. And he gave us 
insight into saying that yes, the next gen console is gonna be based on Zen 2. Yes, it is gonna be based on Navi. Yes, there will be ray tracing. Yes, we're gonna do some more generational support for PlayStation VR. And then there is also, um, they're gonna have an SSD. One yeah. of the fastest SSDs known yeah. to man, higher bandwidth than any SSD in a PC right now is what he said. X. Don't. Yes. Well, okay, so there there is some possibility that it could be because Zen 2 can utilize play, uh, PCI Express 4.0. Yes. yes. And so you could get double the bandwidth of the current NVMe SSDs that are currently on the market just by virtue of the fact that it is going to be based on PCI Express 4.0. So it could be faster than all SSDs it's on the market right yeah. now, yeah, I think but he's it playing won't be with when that. it comes out. Yes, yeah. I think he's playing with like the terms of it's like in-house, it's currently faster than what's available for the the consumer market which won't be the case when this launches yeah no he he's so, very much talking about the now and not necessarily the future because yes. it, it builds up hype that way like yeah. it's, it's a marketing technique i think he, he's doing that specifically to make pc gamers more interested i guess and just like normal gamers like oh it's it's going to be faster than what pcs are capable of oh, what snap uh, and like they're dropping 8K in uh, there yeah, as there, well. There was also the discussion like, that there's 8K gaming. And yeah, so 8K and ray tracing, those are all just buzzwords. Yeah. 8K is only going to be nominally supported. It could potentially do an 8K output. There could be 8K video that they might yeah. have available on their store. And there might be like 8K upscaling potentially, but there's no 8K gaming happening. No. It's impossible. It makes the, no sense. We haven't even the, breached like over into 4K gaming completely yet. If you have two RTX 2080 Ti's, you're still not capable of getting 8K gaming. Yeah. And Navi's not supposed to be able to beat the RTX series of cards. <clears throat> so it's, yeah, it's, it's basically Buzzword. saying we will be able to output 8K, yeah. not you're gonna be able to play 8K. Yeah. And then ray tracing, as Reese mentioned earlier, is just, like, it's a buzzword right now. It is the next generation of, hey, we have this thing. You're going to yeah. want to buy it. Look at it. It's so pretty and shiny. But ray tracing can be implemented in a thousand different ways. Like, the, the Star Wars demo has everything. It has global illumination. It has reflections. It has uh, ray trace shadows. It has subsurface scattering. It has everything that you would want in ray tracing. But when it has come to video game implementation, oh, it's, it's Battlefield Five only has ray traced reflections. Shadow of the Tomb Raider only has ray traced shadows. Yeah. I think Metro Exodus has global illumination, and that's yeah. it. And none of none of the ray traced games that have come out that have been like actually promoted with the RTX stuff incorporate everything because even on the RTX series of cards, it's impossible to run because it's too graphically demanding. Yeah. Yep. You cannot get real-time ray tracing in the full amount. It has to be in a partial setup. Yeah, yeah. So, like, when it, when it comes to ray tracing, let's say that uh, Gran Turismo 7 is the launch title and there's ray tracing in Gran Turismo 7. You know where I expect them to put ray tracing for Gran Turismo 7? Double illumination. No, the reflection on the um, rear view yeah. mirror. I think it's and that's it. I think like maybe like sides of the cars mm. as well, but then like it extends not, to not that. the environment because that's going to be too tough. Why would you globally oh, no, illuminate yeah, yeah. when 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 uh, Gran Turismo is already known for having flat background images yeah. where like the trees aren't dynamic at all because they're trying to put all of the rendering effort into the track and yeah. the car. Yeah. So that's where they're going to put it. They're not going to put it in a way where the entire thing's going to be ray traced. They're going to do it in limited quantities to try to improve the. Um, most noticeable areas, but do it in the least graphically demanding way. Yeah. So it's all just buzzword garbage. Buzzword garbage. Um, 
it's interesting that they're still gonna keep the disc around. Um, it mean, makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, the, the Blu-ray has enough storage space. Yeah. To hold most of the modern games, and right now, what we're we're, we're we've run into the uh, limit of what an acceptable download amount is. Like yeah. even people who have high-end fiber, like I don't want to download a hundred gig game. Yeah. I don't want to do it, even on my two hundred meg fiber account. It's not the thing that I really want. Yeah. So like I I don't see games having the ability to get much bigger on a strictly digital basis, at least with the current network infrastructure. Oh no, definitely and not. And so yes, like I I honestly want them to go back to the old Final Fantasy way of doing things, where you get multiple discs in a freaking game because that's how you have to install it. I yeah. wouldn't mind that for certain games. Yes, like the big sweeping epics. Yes. Like the next Final Fantasy, or if it's like five hundred gigabytes, but they put it on multiple discs. I would much rather that. And it's not yeah. like you're, you're swapping discs every second day. And it's, and it's also like just like, I mean, I, I feel like physical media is also a much more cherishable item. If it's a digital game, it's just like, oh, look, I've got this game. But if you've actually got the physical copy, it's, it's the excitement that goes along with inserting the first disc and actually yeah. picking up at the store and, and all that. The, the ability to switch over to digital is only, um, it's limited in its scope. Like yeah. for normal size games, 20 to 40 gigabytes. That, like, if that's where games are going to stay, most people can make that happen. They can leave their console running overnight, and then while they go to work the next day, and they'll come home, and it's fine. But yeah. once you start getting into the absurd territory of 100 to 150 gigabyte games, it's, it's going to severely limit the amount of people who can actually play it. So then you have to revert over to the physical media. Like, right now, we're I think we're in the sweet spot of digital downloads, because I don't see there's going to be a huge improvement in the amount of people who are going to have faster internet. Yeah. It's slowly getting there, but not not quite at that point, I think, where... Until Papa Elon's whole super network is up and running, and everyone <laughs> has super fast internet, doubt. Yeah. Even with super fast internet, though, like, unless we get gigabit fiber, like, yeah. a 100 gig game is still unreasonable. And then with the fact that they're planning on rolling out um, an SSD... Are you going to tell me that they're going to have a multiple terabyte SSD on yeah, this PlayStation 5 doubt. for the price? I don't think that's happening. So storage space isn't going to go up that much because it just, like, they're they're trading speed for the for, amount. For space, yeah. Unless, unless I did speculate uh, about SHD. this. Yeah, yeah, in our hot news clip, yeah. is that they could be talking about an SSD cache on a much bigger hard yeah, drive. Yeah. So let's say they have 128 gig SSD cache on on this uh, two to four terabyte drive, then you could actually increase the size of games, but still get quick the quick speeds because it's cached on a really fast drive. Yeah. I, I feel like that would make sense. You know, like a proper hybrid drive setup would I think that makes more sense than a console. straight up S SSD. Yeah. No, because I doubt they'd be able to keep prices reasonable if they just went like straight up one But SSDs have come down in price significantly yeah. Fair. like in the last few years. But I mean, looking at a one terabyte NVMe drive, that's probably, let me just pull it up on Amazon. Like locally, it's going for about $175, I think. Is yeah, at least, price. yeah. So one terabyte NVMe, looking it up on Amazon, uh, $115 to $130. That's, that's not actually much. not terrible. Yeah. And especially once you get a volume license for that, you're yeah. probably playing closer to $70 or $80. Yeah. But that's a major cost to the console. 
Yeah. On top of the fact that they're going to be introducing seven nanometer CPU and a seven nanometer GPU, that like that's a ton of money in the development. So they're either going to go the PlayStation Three route, where they're losing money on every single console that they're selling in order to get ahead, because one of the different. I ahead, saw bro. something uh, when stating they they were saying at first. Uh, each console is going to be running about a hundred dollar loss. Then yeah. that would make sense, especially since the way that Sony can differentiate themselves from Microsoft could be in this hard drive capacity because they're both going to be getting the AMD APU. They're yeah. both going to be on Zen 2. They're both going to be on Navi. Sure, there might be a few tweaks here and there. They're both going to have roughly the same performance because the limit of their performance is AMD, yeah. not, not how much money they're going to be willing to spend on themselves. So if Sony wants to go ahead and innovate in the SSD department and bring something out that yeah. will help gameplay feel a lot faster, that could make a whole lot of sense, at least in the competitive arena. Yeah, no, like I, I feel like this could be a trump card if implemented right, but at the same time, I'm trying to keep my hopes like balanced. It, but I, like I, f I feel Sony hasn't really underperformed in the console space in a while. I mean, they ha they came out with the PS4 Pro first before yeah. the Xbox One X, and the One X did trump them, but it that did, was yeah. after. But it's that but was it's after a two, time. two year gap between it at least. Between the One X and Four Pro, yeah, I think it's like a year. Yeah, it was, it was closer like to a year. Months. But it's still, it's there's there's a whole gap there, and it's just like okay. Yeah, the, the, as far as I know, the original PS4 and the original Xbox One were roughly on par with each other yeah. as far as performance. Yeah, the PlayStation Three was so far ahead of everything. But that's because Sony went stupid and was like, we're going to design a custom architecture that nobody can design for mm. and make it so amazing. And you're not going to be able to ever tap into the potential. And that has ruined emulators because even though it's been over a decade since it launched, I cannot emulate PS3 games effectively. And it's why they couldn't bring backwards compatibility for a lot of the stuff. It had exactly. to be like... So Sony remastered. has made some stupid missteps when it comes to like yeah. actually trying to bring out performance. But yeah, uh, backwards compatibility is also a feature of the next generation of PlayStation. Yes. They, which they stated like straight up, which it's the same cool. architecture, like base that it's going to be backwards compatible for the PS4 library, which is great. I, I feel like a it lot of people, it's going to be a soft launch into the PS5. Yeah. Sony seems to be making the right decisions when it comes to like single player environments. Yeah. The multiplayer garbage, they're being idiots. But for single-player stuff, they're, they're doing fine. Yeah. I, I feel like they, they've got a good, strong foundation on which to go to the next generation with. Good job, Sony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm proud of you. Uh, Microsoft says that Stadia doesn't have the content. Speaking of next-generation stuff. They oh, said no, Google the biggest... Google. Biggest search engine in the world doesn't have content to work with. Oh my, yeah, so Google <laughs> doesn't have any experience in the gaming stuff, blah, blah, blah. I'm pretty sure Microsoft also said some nasty things about Android and mobile gaming that, <laughs> uh, you know, they maybe were a little off on. But then, I mean, you could say that Google doesn't have experience, but considering the people that they have leading Stadia games is yeah. from an Assassin's Creed producer, and they have somebody from who used to work at Microsoft and Sony on their team. Oh no, I feel they've like got no experience. They've got a lot more planned than what you know they've led on just yet and Microsoft's just being like, uh -huh. I mean I, uh -huh. I don't I don't think Stadia is gonna replace consoles at all. No. I think it will be Not yet at least. I don't I don't think it ever can. I don't think it ever can. I think it will be there as a subscription service for people who are willing to compromise on their stuff, but consoles will always be there for anybody who's an enthusiast about gaming. 
I mean, if you if that's it works on a like, master race is for. Not necessarily because okay, as much as we can PC master race it up, let's consider what a console provides, right? So you know, we just got that Century 2.0 case, right? That's yeah. slightly bigger than our PlayStation 4 Pro. Do you know how much it would cost for me to build a similarly spec system to the PlayStation 4 Pro in that case? Enough. Like seven hundred dollars. Yeah. When the PS4 Pro is selling for around four hundred dollars. Okay. So like. If you consider all the things, no, but that if you're you talking get, about enthusiast gaming, then you yes. you're gonna be throwing money around in any case. Yes, but the the amount of performance that you're getting out of the PlayStation is is enough because it's a closed environment. Yeah, they're able to bring higher graphical fidelity for a cheaper price. So it's more enthusiast than let's say Stadia is going to be. Stadia is not going to bring people PC gaming level stuff because of things like latency issues. because yeah. of probably competitive. Content- is going to go out the window right. completely. Right, but you can still play competitive on consoles. Yeah. And it's going to be a cheaper barrier to entry to play competitive on consoles than it will be on PC. Like, that right. that that dynamic doesn't change just because Google brings out the Stadia. I feel like maybe, like, Stadia could be great if they have, like, a month-to-month subscription service. And, like, if you're just too busy with life, then you can, like, cancel it. And then, like, oh, hey, there's a new game that's out. You know, maybe just... Jump onto the subscription for another month, play I, through the game. And if they do this in any other revenue model besides like what Netflix has, I don't think it's going to work. Yeah, oh, no. like if you have to lock in for a year contract or something, oh, I, don't like think, that, it's I wouldn't not do go that. No. And I don't, I don't think they're dumb enough to do that. I think, I think Google kind of understands. But then also, one of the things that I read this week is that while Stadia is great and it looks like it's going to be innovative, we should also remember Google has a huge propensity for killing off programs all of the time. Yeah, Even when they're moderately successful, they will drop them. That is true, yeah. So like we've Google, seen it happen before. Google has no issue with saying, "Ah, eh, this isn't the direction we want to go. Yes, it's making money, but it's taking up too much resources." Bye-bye. Like so Stadia could could just be a couple of year project and then at the end of it, like it's just gone. Yeah, I mean, it could be that because gaming has entered mainstream in a much different way in the past couple of years that it's just completely taking off and they're just like oh we need to get in on the space and then it just drops off it's possible at least you'll have a nice pretty controller left lying around a wi-fi controller right now all i have is bluetooth garbage oh yeah no. No, that's garbage throw it away stupid dual shock 4 what a piece of crap <laughs> <laughs> absolute crash it's disgusting. Don't need another it. point of discussion yes that yes. controller looks terribly uncomfortable yes it does it, it does. looks like it was made for somebody who has very wide Hands with long fingers. So it was you. made by robots with no concept of what human hands feel like in comfort for long periods. No, wait, 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 wait. Well, I thought we were talking about Google, not Zuck. <laughs> that one. Zuck's in I on thought it, it was too. made for you. I was... Yes, I can, gr- I can hold it very comfortably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the fact that it doesn't have the asymmetrical positions of the, uh, the thumb button or the control things, analog sticks. Analog sticks, yeah. And then, like, it just has a very wide base. Yeah, like, it. I don't think my I, I think they were trying to find the compromise between the DualShocks and the Xbox controllers, and, and they just, like, the mark and they just dropped yeah. the ball completely. Yeah, they just made a extra thick DualShock 4. Yeah. He's thick. That's, that's Damn, no bueno. boy. That is no bueno. We need a soundboard, Jason. We need. To, we just need to get the... Okay, we, we don't there. need a soundboard, or at least... Rickus can have it over there. So that yeah. No, I, he, don't, he don't, would control don't give the soundboard. Him. Okay. Yeah, no, I, we would give it to the producer. Don't, don't give he it to him. Abuses them. Don't give it to him. You call it abuse. I call it sheer enjoyment. 
<laughs> yes, for you. Isn't that what it's supposed to be? No. Oh, I thought this was my whole thing. I'm the one who gets to be in charge. I'm gonna say. Give it to the producer, Jamie. You're in charge like... now. Just look at that. That looks uncomfortable. Ow. And they chose like the most baby-handed person to to show that off. Look at how look tiny those, the fingers look are. Look at those thumbs like, flexing. It's not resting in the palms correctly. Like. Yeah. That this person has a slender hand, and they're trying to control something that's made for somebody like me who has banana hands. <laughs> banana hands. No, I I'm I'm skeptical on like how comfortable this is going to be for long time, like long periods of time. Unless that's their aim, they make it uncomfortable so they don't have to run the, the stuff on their servers for very long because people uh, are going to be like, ah, 15 minutes out. So it's kind of like going to the gym where the whole point is that they're just trying to get people to sign up, but they want to make it hard enough that not everybody's going to do it. Yes. And yeah. they're just going to keep the revenue subscription money. Exactly. Genius. Google is promoting healthy fitness. For games. For your palms. Yes. I'm your, the, the muscle that controls your thumb is going to be especially <laughs> jacked. <laughs> if you stick with the program, of course. Don't, don't even get into a thumb war with me, boy. <laughs> I'll mess you up. I got a Google study. I, I wonder, is this because somebody at Google lost the thumb war long ago? And they have been there bitter like, ever yes. since. And they're trying to attempt to get people to realize just how weak their thumb game actually is. <laughs> your thumb game weak, boy. I'm I'm keen to try it out, but I don't even know if it's going to be supported properly in South Africa. Probably oh, not. Oh, doubt it, dude. And like, but I mean, Google does have servers here. They do have servers here, but I feel like, are they going to be dedicating servers here to, the, to actually okay, do that? Not, no. So like, if you actually were running on servers yeah, in America, the latency, America, <gasps> EU, all that jazz, and it's just like, yeah, that's going to be terrible. Like, can you imagine playing like certain games with, not like just a two hundred millisecond ping but like a reaction time of like oh yeah ooh that would throw no, me off it's gonna so be absolutely bad. horrible not looking forward to that probably not gonna try it don't care probably no, like, gonna jump on the playstation 5 band i, I want to see how it's supported here like locally in south africa first before even contemplating this thing but you know who knows it might be great it might I, i'm trying to be like open to the idea of like Owning a console that's not a console. Reese, you're being yeah. so open-minded that your brain's going to fall out. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. You darn liberal. <laughs> Dang it. I don't know why I got political with that one. I just get bitter about Google sometimes. Yeah. It's fair. <clears throat> but then in news for people with small hands, uh, Apple sizing down again. <laughs> that's a good segue. Wait, I don't even... Wait, what are you segueing to? Can you... T- oh, Apple going oh, down to the small phone. phone. Oh, yeah. yeah. The disgusting hey. small phone that Jason has. Yeah. It's like made for babies. It's a, ba- it's a baby hand phone. They're what, gonna, why he's would you steal shade. a baby phone? Come on. So does much it, Does it have all of those irritating songs? Baby phone doo-doo. Baby phone doo-doo. Okay, so Apple is reportedly preparing to launch a 4.7-inch iPhone in 2020. Uh, basically an iPhone 8, but for people who... It's supposed to be their cheapest one yet at like $650 or something. Yeah, which is... $650 and cheap, cheap. It's don't the go together. One. Yeah, it's true. It's just not cheap. $650. It's not cheap, fam. So supposedly it's going to have a, what, a 13 megapixel back camera? Or no, it has the A13 chip. Yeah. And then it's going to have a single rear camera, which will likely utilize the 
um, tensor cores in the A13 chip to do the AI processing to get portrait mode. It's going to have a 7 nanometer process, 128 gigs of storage, which is actually pretty good for it's their lower-end phone. It's, it's pretty much going to be a, a shrunk-down version of the XOR. 10R. That one. That one. What the, do you want to call it? The A12 chip like implementation for the, the portrait mode and stuff was actually pretty decent. I, I'd i like to see Apple go more that route than what they did with like the A10 chip and all that. I, I feel like they they made good strides like software-wise with the camera. So I'm hoping that it... Yeah, that it continues down that route. Yeah. yeah. No, like if the, they bring out a cheaper one with that same like camera functionality, mm. that would be great. I, I'm I mean, like I've, I've always been a fan of of Apple's camera features and they've always done a good job of it. Yeah. It's just a tiny phone made for baby people. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. I'd, I'm just against 4.7 inch devices. <laughs> Six inch or bust. Papaya. That's it. <laughs> He's thick. That's why I went for the 10R over the XS or the 10S because it's bigger. Uh, yeah. It's physically bigger and I couldn't afford the 10S Max. Oof. So uh, that's uh, you, Basically you had to choose between big phone or little phone. You chose big phone. Apparently size does matter. Yes, and anybody who tries to convince you otherwise just doesn't want you to feel bad. But I, I don't have pretenses uh, about making size the important thing. Jason has a baby phone. This is, this, this, it I, is tiny and pathetic. What is yours? It's the 10R and it's 6.1 inches. Yeah, because it's an R. Yes. This is the standard iPhone size. It's garbage. This is, this is bigger than the 5. This is a tiny baby. It's, it's Oh, I'm so glad that it graduated into being an, a toddler instead of an infant. <laughs> Still a baby phone. <laughs> oh, wow. I like to die on hills that don't matter. Thank you. Oof. What? So the 5 had a 4-inch display. Brett would have died. Yeah. No, dude. I still had the 5 until like two months ago. When did the when did the 5 come out? 5 ah, was like 4, gone. 5 years ago. 2017? 2016? I think it was that's 2016. Not four or five yeah. years ago. That's three years ago. Yeah, you guys are way off. 2012. You, oh wow. You, you guys are so. So it was 2013. Was the 5s? Okay, what? I had, I had the 5s. In in 2012, I had the HTC Evo 3D. Dang. Let's Dang, see how big that one is. Son. I remember that one being pretty decent. 2012. I still had the iPhone 4. That was just a pretty small boy. 4.3 inches. You had three inches on it. Point three inches. Point three inches. Mouth word things. What did I get after the after the Evo 3D? I think I picked up the Nexus 5, which is also kind of small. My iPhone 4 had a 3.5 inch screen. I didn't know any better back then. I was like, oh, hey, nice big touch screen. Back then it was just like, oh, the touch screen is the new thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the I think it was really with the Nexus 6 that I realized. I hate phones that are under five inches. So I had the Palm Pixie, which was my first smartphone, which had the built-in keyboard, but it was still a tiny little baby. I think it had like a two-inch screen. Then I went to the uh, HTC Evo 3D, which had a 4.3-inch screen. Then to the Nexus 5, which had five inches. Then to the Nexus 6, which had six inches. And then, uh, oh, I was on the Moto X for a while, the second generation. How big was that? I have no clue. Nobody cares about your S7. 5.1 inches. That no, the 5.5 okay. for the okay, yeah. S7 Edge. That was, that was my first introduction to bigger phones. And it's been hard to go smaller again since nope. then. Yeah. I did 
Motorola flip phone was my first phone. I can't even remember Dang. which. Let's stay on smartphones, okay? No, no, no. And then we, like, smartphones, I had a Nokia something. I think it was their Nav something, something. It was okay, like let's their get second to the gen. things you do know. But then it was iPhone 4, iPhone 5S, and now I've got the P20 Lite. Which is also a tiny phone. It's not a tiny phone. How big is the screen on the P20 Lite? As big as yours. It's not 6.1 inches. It's 5.84, see, oh, it's no. tiny. <laughs> I've lost all perspective in my life. No, no. <laughs> You're horrible. Oh my gosh, anyways. I would I, like to put Brett on a tiny phone just for a month and see how he like slowly can, dies can, inside. Can, can we make that into like a video idea? Like I tried a four inch phone for 30 days. <laughs> Size does matter. I used the first iPhone. 3G, whatever it was. iPhone 4, does it hold up in 2019? No, yeah. no it doesn't. No. It doesn't at all. Uh, while, while we're on the topic of stupid phones, uh, we got the Galaxy Fold coming out. Uh, <laughs> broken. Media reviews out. So the Galaxy Fold goes in the opposite direction. of it's, it's a tiny little baby screen when it's just in regular handheld mode. So and then it's a, a weird tablet thing when you unfold it. And I don't understand the purpose behind it just yet. If somebody could convince me that I should well, get like, a folded phone, I would Casey totally actually made a, made, made a solid point for it. Like, he enjoys having a tablet with him at some points, but he doesn't want to carry it around. So for him, it's but only be. if they make the initial screen bigger. That's the yeah. biggest issue with that phone mm-hmm. is that the initial screen is it's so small. small. Yeah, it looks. Yeah. Like, almost stupidly small. Yes, especially with how much blank space you have. Yeah. For me to compromise on my main phone size in order yeah. to get a tablet sometimes when I want it, I'd rather just get a six-and-a-half-inch phone. Yeah. Like, that, it's, it, then it's an all-in-one solution that I don't have to really worry about. I have a phablet, and that's that's more or less good enough for me. But the big issue with the Galaxy Fold is that Broken. it's dying. <laughs> there are things that are breaking, and then people aren't realizing that the screen protector that's on it, because it is a screen protector... If you remove it, you destroy the panel. Yeah. Which it, is getting wrecked. Which it's a very stupid implementation of a screen protector. Yeah. Because for generations now it has been you can apply your own screen protector and remove the one that was previously cracked on your own. Yeah. No the the whole thing is like the fact that like these reviewers who are getting the sample phones, yeah. Like they they're not sure that it's like something you shouldn't remove. Just but then also, it says that you shouldn't apply adhesive, which makes it sound like you can't put your own screen protector yes. on it without yeah. breaking it either. And so you're, you're in this weird middle section of if for some reason, unfortunately, you peel up the edge accidentally on the screen protector. Then you can remove it and replace it. Yes, and you begin the process of damaging it over time where you're slowly going to peel it more and more every day as you actually use it. And so like there, it, it, there is a note in the uh, manual that says that you shouldn't peel it off. Hmm. But, but who reads the manual? Exactly. But also, who reads the manual after getting a press briefing on it? True. Where they were informed about the most important bits. Yeah. You think, hey, this thing that looks like it's a screen protector, don't peel it off because then it's going to murder the phone. No. That, that should have been brought up at some point. Maybe. Just, just, just saying. So these aren't the, the actual production models. These are still supposed to be for the reviewers and the influencers. Yeah. And the fact that they neglected the responsibility to make sure that they were safe in the hands of the people who will give them the most promotion is just like this is mm-hmm. the Note 7 all over again. Bad promo for Samsung. They're trying to bring out innovative concepts, and they're failing at the execution. <laughs> the Good job, Samsung. Samsung forgot the critical rule that people are going to do dumb stuff. And you need, like, big warning signs over everything, and people will still do those dumb things because they didn't look at them. I'm not a fan of warning signs, though. <laughs> you, you wouldn't be. 
<laughs> they electrocution. Just me. <laughs> I'll take my chances. No, I believe it's it's nature's natural selection process. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, we're gonna naturally <laughs> select to end the podcast there. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to episode number three of High Bandwidth. We really appreciate your uh, your contribution to your ears listening to us don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms if you want to listen to us if you want to support us directly you can do so over on acre.fm forward slash high bandwidth or on patreon.com forward slash ufd tech and make sure that uh we can afford to feed people around here because this is a community effort if not don't give us any money and hopefully we starve to death dang naturally selecting that one boom <laughs> goodbye podcast cheers Bye.